Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, hello once again, everybody, and welcome to the show. The Hurricane Hotline for the next two hours. We'll be talking University of Miami sports. Coming up in this hour, Hurricanes head basketball coach Jim Laranega. Hour number two, Katie Meyer joins the show. In between, we'll talk some University of Miami football. But first, we welcome to the show University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega as we head up to South Bend, Indiana to take on the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Coach, good evening. How are you doing tonight? Hi, Joe. Well, um, looking forward to a, a beautiful trip to downtown South Bend. <laughs> Right, and, and a game against the Fighting Irish. We uh, played them back in, in December, it seems like years ago. We were able to come away with a very nice hard-fought victory, pretty close game. Notre Dame has changed dramatically uh, since we played them. They've, they've changed their starting lineup. They've changed their style. They're, they're uh, the second in the league in uh, defensive efficiency right now, one of the top 36 teams in the country in defense and they've gone very big to you know our, our we're very small they're very big so they they start marcus burton at the point he's about you know five ten to six feet and then they're six eight six nine um six ten six ten so six seven six nine six ten six ten and uh that's going to be a handful for us especially in south bend yeah you held them to uh, 49 points the first time around, but it was a battle trying to rebound with Jai and Davis. And, and uh, I guess, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Imes, but uh, uh, Roper, or rather Booth, Booth also at 6'10". So, so what they did is they took Roper out of the starting lineup and brought, now they're bringing he and Shrewsbury off the bench, which gives them a lot of firepower off the bench. You know, Shrewsbury is basically like a starter, and Roper was a starter. So they've got a, a seven, eight-man, nine-man rotation because they're now playing Matt Zona, who's 6'10", 255, 260. And he's, he's actually a pick-and-pop three-man. He can shoot the three. So it's an unusual um, makeup of a, 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 a ACC team, but... Micah Shrewsbury's done a very good job of, of creating a style that's uh, hard to play against. Yeah. And it's a little bit like Virginia. Against us, uh, they would, would run offense for like 25 seconds before they would shoot, which made it a very low-possession game. 
and it made it a very low-scoring game, which for us is not to our advantage. We're very good when we can get to the open court, get a lot of possessions, shoot a lot of threes, take advantage of our three-point shooting ability. And Notre Dame is trying to limit that. Mm-hmm. And they, they've already you know, beaten Georgia Tech uh, at Georgia Tech in overtime. They've already beaten uh, Virginia uh, at, at home. And uh, they've lost all the other games very, very close. I think they, they, they got uh, uh, more of a, um, a blowout once, but most of the games are very low scoring and close. Yeah. Played, uh, played Florida State very tough. The other thing is um, they've had their bye week. They've been sitting and waiting since last week when they played Boston College while we went up to Syracuse and come and came home, then back up to South Bend. They've been uh, resting here on the sidelines for about a week. Yeah, they've had eight days off. A lot of times that, that allows the coach to do a lot of preparation. So they'll, they'll examine our offense and what we've been doing lately. You know, there's so many different preparations when you when you play in the ACC. So, for example, um, some teams are just denying the heck out of Wooga Poplar. That's what we saw uh, against, uh, I think it was uh, uh, Clemson. And then, then you have teams like Louisville who double-teamed North Shadow Mirror. Yeah. And then in uh, we do a lot of ball screening, and they do – uh, a lot of NBA stuff, you know, Micah Shrewsbury, their head coach, coached with my son Jay uh, in the in the NBA with the Boston Celtics. And in the in the NBA, they do a lot of what is called icing, meaning on a side ball screen, you force the, the ball handle a sideline. You don't let him use the ball screen. So he's doing that very effectively in conference play. And uh, we, <laughs> Joe, listen to this stat. So we practiced today with a full complement of players and had a, a, an excellent practice. But we've only had uh, three practices since since uh, uh, Christmas where we had all our starters. Right. Three. Yeah. We've had tw- twenty practices and we've had three three uh, practices with our whole team. Uh, the two of them was before we played Virginia Tech, and you saw how good we played in that game. But, you know, we played Syracuse. We're getting ready to prepare for them, and North Shadow Mears sprains his ankle again. So he misses not only that practice, but he misses the game. Now, Michael Nowako stepped in and did a very nice job, but he's a freshman. He's got 35 career points. North Shadow Mears got 1,500 career points, and he's our leading scorer and rebounder. So we missed him dearly. But before that, we were missing Wooga Papa. How about this, Joe? Wooga has not dunked the ball in practice or a game since he sprained his ankle against North Florida in December, December 29th. Now, we're talking now uh, about 30 days, 25 days, and you know how athletic Wooga is. So it's frustrating to him, and, of course, we miss that explosiveness. Yeah. Really, on the game Saturday, a couple of things jump out at me. One, uh, maybe tell our, we can tell our audience, I mean, you're an hour and a half before the game and kind of uh, uh, almost drawing up new plays uh, for your team, uh, but you went right down to the wire, chance to win. I thought the effort was great. 
you told the team got to rise to the occasion on Friday night. I thought they did. What, what did you take out of that game? Well, here, here's the thing. You know, when when one guy goes down, someone has to step up and take his place. But it, it needs to be a total team effort because not only did we lose Norshad for the game, Woga got in foul trouble. Keyshawn got in foul trouble. So Bensley Joseph and Christian Watson came in off the bench and gave us some nice minutes. Uh, actually, uh, Bensley played more coming in off the bench than he did as a starter. Yeah. And, and uh, that's the longest run that, that uh, Christian Watson has had since our Wake Forest game where he played 22 minutes. But you just don't have the chemistry, that, that synergy on the court when you have so many guys missing practices. Do you remember last year, Joe, you know, the run to the Final Four was great, but we, we didn't have guys missing practice. We were able to prepare for every opponent. Even even when Norshad sprained his ankle against Duke in the ACC tournament, we were able to get him back in time to prepare for the Drake game. Right. So, you know, we, we need good practices right now so we can play much better and hopefully go on a roll. I do remember two years ago at the Elite Eight getting ready to play uh, Kansas. I think you told the team this is practice number 100. So that was 100 practices with everybody together. And then last year for the Final Four, I believe you uh, surpassed that number with everybody together. Yes, and this year today's practice was number 70. Hmm. But we haven't had a full complement of players in in, uh, – 20 uh, the last 20 practices uh, you were and did uh, insert Keyshawn George into the starting lineup and he was going to go in regardless of what happened to Norchad uh, what what were you hoping it, and he of course went out with fouls uh, early on but he, he made a couple of big plays down the stretch seven straight points but what, what were you hoping to achieve uh, with him or what are you hoping to achieve with him in the starting lineup well, there's a, there's a number of things that Keyshawn provides. First of all, because we've started uh, Nigel and Bensley, who are both around six feet tall, right? we're very short at the guard spot. And the two guards that, that uh, we were going against, uh, J.J. Starling and Judah Mintz, are both about 6'4". So we felt like, okay, it's time to see if we can get a little bit bigger in our starting lineup and see if Keyshawn can actually guard a smaller type guard. He done it, he's done it on occasion. But so we not only had him start, but we put him on Judah Mintz, their leading scorer, and he did a very good job until he got in foul trouble. Right. And, and, you know, he, he didn't get... He got called for an offensive, offensive foul, foul. Yep. and and then one defensive foul, and then he only played 17 minutes. He played more than that off the bench. Right. So, um, but he also is an excellent three-point shooter, and and uh, uh, Bensley had struggled to make threes recently. In our last six games, he was only shooting 22% from three. And that's really uh, Bensley's strong point as an offensive player. He's a very good spot-up three-point shooter. But I thought he was putting way too much pressure on himself, and that was causing him to miss some, some easy shots. 
So we just switched their roles. Bensley had done such a great job coming in off the bench last year and the year before. I just felt like I might, let's get a little bit taller in our starting lineup and let's put Bensley back in that spot. And I thought he did a nice job coming in off the bench. Yeah. Uh, there, there are some some good trends for your team going into this game. Matt Cleveland, he's coming off another double uh, uh, double digit game, another game where he went coast to coast with uh, rebounds and goes all the way to the to the rim. And Nigel Pack has had three straight games of of nineteen points and kind of adding to his repertoire by by getting to the basket, uh, not always settling for a three, but making some plays around the rim as well. Well. <laughs> Did you see how many minutes uh, Matthew Cleveland played? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he and he, Well, Nigel went 38. I think Matt went 39. Let me see. No, he went 40. I never oh, he went the whole time, yeah. And I didn't because we don't have anybody that's like him. That's right, yeah. He's, he can rebound. He can defend. I, I switched him on to Judah Mintz when we got uh, uh, Keyshawn in foul trouble. Right. You know, when, when Matthew Cleveland... Uh, he, he can drive to the basket, you know, in the open court. He can shoot the three. He can rebound his position, and he can guard uh, just about one, anybody one through four. Uh, we, we were talking about him guarding, guarding uh, 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 what's his name from uh, Notre Dame, the point guard. Oh, yeah. Um, Burton, Burton. Yeah, Marcus Burton is a, like a 5'10", very fast point guard, but we think Matt is one of our best matchups against him because he's got the quickness and he's got size. And uh, Burton, you know, is a very, very good offensive player, but the thing about him is he's number one in the ACC in usage, meaning he has the ball in his hand and either shoots it or passes it for the shot more than any player in the conference. And he's a freshman. So he's going to be a real challenge. We did a great job. Bensley Joseph did a great job on him uh, here in Coral Gables back in December. But they've they've gone exclusively to letting uh, Marcus Burton run the team. Um, Your your team has run into a little bit of adversity here, maybe more than than a year ago. uh, battling these games at the end, that was a heartbreaker with Syracuse. What what have you seen from from them mentally in practice in terms of bouncing back for this Notre Dame game? Well, you know, before the season ever started, Joe, we talked about last season, and I told those guys that 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 season's over. We got to start a whole new seasons. We got to be focused on that. But one of the things about last year's team, we were so good at the end of close games. Mm-hmm. We won like 12 games, which was decided on the last possession. Uh, th- this year, we've won a couple of close games, but we've also lost a heartbreaker at at Wake Forest, where we had the last shot uh, before uh, it went into overtime, and against Syracuse, where they made the last shot, and the guy who made it is not a three-point shooter. He made a three when he's like a 20-something percent three-point shooter. They don't want him shooting threes. That was an accident. In fact, in the press conference afterwards, uh, their head coach said that he was supposed to be on the baseline to offensive rebound when someone else shot him. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you, you kind of get lucky and sometimes you're unlucky. And on Saturday, we were really unlucky. Uh, unlucky that 
Norshad didn't play. Unlucky that, that two of our starters got nearly foul trouble. Unlucky that we missed our last shot that could have put us ahead. And unlucky that they they uh, made the last shot when it was not a three-point shooter shooting it. Yeah. Now, to be honest with you, when I saw Mince with the ball uh, behind the three-point line on the right wing with three seconds to go and throwing it all the way across the court, I thought that was the good news. I did too. <laughs> and and But the moment I saw it leave his hand, I was thinking to myself, oh, that's short. That's going to hit front rim. When it swished, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Uh, we can't catch a break. Well, now it's on, on to Notre Dame. And um, as you mentioned, they've gone – uh, big and, and then Pittsburgh comes in. Uh, we don't look ahead too much, but Pittsburgh comes in on Saturday. Remind people that's a afternoon game, Saturday afternoon. Pittsburgh will be here. They're gonna, going to play uh, Georgia Tech on Tuesday, part of a three-game road trip. And, of course, they're coming off a great win at Duke. Yeah, they beat, beat Duke. Uh, Duke, <laughs> I think the whole league is falling under this. Duke had two starters out. Yeah. So, you know. You get lucky and you get unlucky. I think it was lucky that Pittsburgh had a chance to play Duke with that when they were not at full strength, and Duke a little bit unlucky. The team that's had the most luck so far is staying healthy is North Carolina, and that's why they're ranked third in the country now and sitting at 7-0 and in the league. Right. But that means there's still 13 conference games remaining. So there's a lot of basketball still to be played. Now, we... We've got to hold uh, our home court. We've got to win our home games, and we've got to steal some good road wins to improve our resume. Yep. yep. Uh, last thing before I let you go, you mentioned uh, Nwoko and Christian Watson. Was there uh, any silver lining in terms of uh, those guys uh, gaining confidence? Uh, Mike made a couple of catches around the rim. The players fed him the ball early. Uh, any silver lining? Uh, maybe they gain confidence, or does that go day to day, game to game? You know, we we got to go game to game because you just don't know what the opponent is going to do. What what helped Michael Nowako is they didn't pay much attention to him in the first five minutes. Right. You know, when he rolled, they they let him alone. So Mac, Matthew Cleveland found him open and. Uh, you get a couple of easy baskets. He, he, he got a, a basket and a foul, and he made the free throw. And those three baskets and the free throw gave him seven points. So I know he felt good, and he had a good practice coming into the Notre Dame game. So we'll see. Because, you know, against what, what's happened is we don't really have an offensive set that allows him to play with Norshad. And so we, we might have to figure out what we're going to do when the two of them are in together. Right. Well, as you mentioned, been some tough luck and uh, a couple of buzzer beaters, but a long way to go. And uh, that stuff uh, sometimes has a way of evening itself out. So uh, it starts again on Wednesday against Notre Dame. And uh, we'll get our, our heavy coats on again, Coach, and head to South Bend, Indiana. Yeah, it's going to be freezing again, Joe. <laughs> All right, that's University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega. We'll continue on the show right after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.